and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Fintech Insider. My name is David Breer, and regular listeners may notice something a little bit unusual about today's episode, and that is because we're currently recording the podcast from inside the metaverse. That's right. This episode of Fintech Insider is a little bit of an experiment, really. We've been talking about the metaverse more and more frequently across all of the media channels, so we wanted to take a bit of a closer look at what it currently is like to record a podcast in the metaverse and discuss how it could really impact what we're going to be going to do going forward. All right, maybe let's get started. Uh, and as always, I'm not alone. Thankfully, in the metaverse, I'm not alone. I'm joined by Mr. Jason Bates, co-founder and deputy CEO here at 11FS. How weird is this, Jason? It's all a bit odd, isn't it? This is super cool. I'm loving it. I'm not sure how listeners are going to know we're in the metaverse, though. But if you're watching this on, I assume, YouTube, then you're going to see a very different pair of us, I think. It's a different experience, isn't it? Like, literally, not just li- not just in your ears, but, like, all around you now. Like, it's a, it's a, a much more of a... We talk about services. We talk about experiences with clients. This is... There's almost the essence of FinTech inside it. It feels like it should be a perfume, shouldn't it? Which is nice. <laughs> um, what we're going to be doing, and uh, I guess whether we are uh, you know, happy or unhappy uh, with the job in this sense, I mean, what, what do you think about your avatar? Like, uh, do you reckon we've got the, the, the look right in terms of you know, stepping into the metaverse world? Yeah, super cool. Um, I mean, I guess for, for listeners, we should say that we're sat in the 11FS uh, HQ in virtual reality with headsets on, looking at each other across the table. Um, in, it's just very strange, isn't it? Yeah, it is very strange. And we've got the desk set up as the desk, which I've already managed to miss a few times with uh, thinking it was a real desk. Coffee, I tea. It, it is. Yeah, it's everywhere. I'm a, I'm a well-known spiller, as you know, Jason. Like, it's not helping me very much in the uh, in the metaverse world. But uh, but I, I would recognize your avatar. I mean, if we jumped into like a virtual meeting like this, I'd recognize that as you. Do I? How do I look? Absolutely. It's yeah. it's a you know cartoon. Um, I don't know. One of those sort of Disney Nickelodeon cartoons. It's interesting if if we were in a meeting, how um, uh, specific or how high definition it is. Because I can see your shoulders move. I can see you. You know whether you're smiling or not. So there is a bit of a hint of sort of you know nonverbal cues that you see. But is it enough? That's it's an interesting question. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm like in meetings. If suddenly you see me looking at my mobile phone in my hand, <laughs> like uh, at least you won't have to see that now. But uh, but it, it is interesting, isn't it? And the space is it really is amazing. I have to say. Anyway, let's get into it because I think we've got a lot of discussion to have around you know the metaverse how real the impact will be, see what I did there, Uh, and actually whether that will be something that we see really taking off in the sense of not just being good gaming and good toys for for kids, but is this really going to impact the business world? Mm. Maybe if we start a little bit about what is the metaverse? I know Simon couldn't make it today, but uh, he said on stage last week that the metaphor is very much like Morpheus's quote in The Matrix. No one could be told what The Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. Uh, and I guess for the, for the last 20 minutes before we started recording this, we've been kind of playing around with it for ourselves a little bit in terms of what that means. But Jay, what do you think? Do you agree with Simon's view? Do you have to, do you have to feel it rather than having it explained to you? I don't know. I think it's probably a bit of a cop-out to say we can't define it. Um, uh, and it's interesting because it's as much a marketing term as it is uh, a technology. For me, we're in a virtual reality universe, right? Where we can interact with it. It has certain rules. Maybe this does sound the matri- like the Matrix now. <laughs> but it has certain is there rules. A red and some a can pill? be bent, some can be broken. Ah. You must learn which ones. Nice. No. Um, uh, and it, it's a universe. It's It's something that we have control of. Now, for me, the metaverse 
has elements. Well, it, it's often virtual reality. Um, but equally, it's not controlled by one system. It's the interaction of a variety of systems uh, and a variety of people are in control. I think that's what makes it meta. Rather than it just being a virtual reality universe, the fact that actually we, you could play a game and use a you know, blaster from Halo or a, you know, a gun from um, you know, one of the other games that you play uh, in, in, at the same time sort of brings universes together, which creates that metaverse. Yeah. I, I guess we've seen that in the, you know, the, the more traditional gaming world. Something like Fortnite has kind of brought together all of those different universes. But, yes. but this feels like the, you know, the, the, the place where, and as you're saying, because no one company is necessarily owning this is a, you know, this isn't, you know, San Francisco real estate. It's not being kind of owned by a few companies and then distributed. It's a, it's a very different thing in that sense, isn't it? Well, but, there's a question of whether it actually will be owned because who isn't owning the underlying infrastructure, the underlying matrix on which, within which all of these companies, whether it's games or travel or entertainment or, you know, who owns the the platform is what everyone's fighting for at the moment. So, and I, but I think that that combination of virtual reality and a variety of companies that offer different media, different ways to interact, different value systems that can then come together in a virtual reality, then creates something really interesting. But there's a you know there's a war on to fight for that for that space as to who's really going to own it. Yeah, and I guess I guess ownership is is different in this world, isn't it? Because I mean, very much at the moment, I guess the metaverse is is almost like a, a a social experiment. It's a social media thing. So, so what they're owning is is actually you know eyes and ears and uh, you know and, and and people with headsets in that space. So obviously, you know, we're right now we're wearing uh, Oculus uh, twos, which is that's Meta, that's Facebook. Mm. You know, yeah. so this is their platform. But yes. there are a number of other platforms, aren't they? That you know, the the interoperability of those platforms is going to be what will really sort of limits the ability for for people to engage with different sort of forms of content isn't it so yeah. i mean are we is this just another is this just another form factor in that sense that big companies will kind of battle it out for supremacy or distribution of headsets do you think or does this just become a the next version of the operating system in the way that you know apple and uh, android have kind of duped it out for for mobile phones is is the next sort of battlefront very much the the metaverse i think that's what uh, zuckerberg's looking towards i think i think there is a space where virtual worlds come together and whoever owns that just as you know apple owned that uh, that app ecosystem, and suddenly everyone's paying a toll for them to to join in. If uh, if Facebook, if Meta can say, actually, we own the place where everyone interacts virtually. You can host your games with us, and actually, you can go down the street and sit at the, the on the sidelines of a basketball game. And so suddenly, the NBA is on Meta, and suddenly, games companies and theatre and cinema and music and Zoom says, actually, yes, we won't do um, you know video meetings. Suddenly, we'll have avatar-based meetings and. And which platform are we going to go from? Mm. Now, Steam and a variety of other sort of games-based manufacturers who have the, the VR headsets as well are obviously going to say, well, no, we're not going to pay Facebook's toll. We want to be somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the VR version. You know, that I think that there is the 2D, the screen-based version as well, where different games or different things will come together within this sort of universe of universes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fascinating. Uh, like my... Um 
80s movies references and sci-fi vibes are kind of t- tingling right now because I mean in everything in that sense like you say the you know uh, Ready Player One sort of jumps out there as a as an example then you start to get different levels of access here to a certain degree mm. don't you the 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 2D flat screen version of it is the lowest end of it all the way through to you know hepatic feedback suits that people are going to be having to to really experience the <laughs> the, the metaverse in a real sense so I mean that's interesting I mean, but I guess in the the sense, and for you know, for Zuckerberg's kind of view of, of where the metaverse is going, the bar of entry for getting into Facebook was pretty low, right? You had a browser, you had a computer or yeah. a phone, whereas actually a four five hundred pound headset now is the is the bar of really kind of experiencing getting in. Do, but, you, do but, you think but you can have the same adoption? That that's come down from a what two grand PC with a one grand headset now into a. Four five hundred pound consumer device that needs no connection to a, a PC or any or a PlayStation or whatever that was. Yeah. So even in a couple of years, we've now come to a come to not needing base stations to track where you're going because cameras on the headsets work. Um, not needing a PC to connect to. So the price continues to come down. And how long will it be before it's just one of those devices that people have in their house? Mm. And then it's a case of how does that work? Now, it would be great if, you know, something like the internet, a, a series of protocols which mean people don't own the platform, but different people can host different metaverses comes along. But we're in that in that kind of space again. Is this going to be a, a common good, an open platform? Is it going to be Android or is it going to be iOS where actually one company dominates and really is that aggregation point for everyone who comes together and wants to to host content and experiences in the metaverse? Yeah. Well, one, one thing's for sure in those sort of setups around it, there are people who can make a, a real serious amount of money in terms of selling either the, that literal or that virtual real estate, isn't there? So uh, definitely some people are going to get rich off this. And and I guess, you know, one organization or one industry that's really looking to to, to use this or to get into this trend is obviously what we do for a day-to-day job here, Jason, which is financial services. So, I mean, how do you see this playing out in, in FS? I know banks are always quite literal. You know, they're, they're very much like, let's take a form factor and replicate <laughs> it. So, I mean, are we going to start seeing bar- uh, you know bank branches popping up, do you think? Well, aren't we already? I think HSBC has already uh, made a move to buy virtual real estate in, in some uh, you know part of a metaverse. Um, I think that unfortunately follows the classic analog to digitized, and now we're going to just digitize it in the metaverse by having branches. Can you imagine a form to fill in, um, you know, with a bank manager across from you? You know, uh, it, it would just be crazy. It would just be. You're just furiously insane. trying to get your thumb and your finger together to pick this pen up virtually. <laughs> to the, yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, would you still have to queue in a branch, do you think, <laughs> just to get the full experience of it? Oh, yeah. You, I don't know if you've ever played the game uh, Work Simulator. Mm. It's just that. I mean, but there would be an infinite queue. It would just disappear into the distance in a extremely old-fashioned Mary Poppins-style bank. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it would be amazing. Uh, you could you could choose the style of branch, can you? Nice. You could go, you know, mid-90s, Howard from Halifax, rocking around, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and like I say, all the way back to... You know, uh, feed the birds, put Mary Poppins vibes. But, but I guess we're, we're getting towards, you know, the the metaverse is not a replacement for real life. It's somewhere you go to meet, to interact, to have experiences. And is financial services an experience you want to have? I would argue probably not. However, 
will financial services underlie many of the experiences in the metaverse? Sure. Now, you know, you're wearing a nice cap and uh, have a nice shirt on. Uh, if we go to a virtual store and I want to reskin with a, an NBA cap, then just be just be able to reach out, pull the cap, put it on my head and have options as to how to buy that or rent it or wear it for a day. There are going to be financial services under underlying all of this. So I think it's much more likely in the metaverse that we'll see, uh, uh, in, well, buying and uh, lending, maybe even insurance or, or betting, definitely, mm. um, with embedded in the experiences. But it will be reaching out, giving a wave of my hand and having a menu appear, very much like in Ready Player One, which, ha- which shows you points and things that you can buy and, and places, you know, places you can go. Yeah, I, g- I guess that gets you into, though, the, the, do people go into a virtual world to escape the real world? Do you want your avatar to look like you or do you want to be like Master Chief from Halo? Do you know what I mean? Like, Because sure. if I could sit in this meeting right now and be like Master <laughs> Chief from Halo, I'd choose Master Chief from Halo. But, you know, like that, uh, the the uh, Ready Player One vibe is, is almost the reason it triggers all of those 80s vibes is it includes all of the highlights of everything. But again, that becomes a... You know, we've seen with the rise of NFTs and everything that plays in that space, you know, the amount of people or the amount of money people are willing to buy for non-real assets in that sense. I know I'm going to trigger a lot of people, <laughs> uh, crypto guys on the, the podcast for that one. I do apologize. But, but you know, digital assets in, the, in yeah. that real sense that, you know, represent you in the, the virtual world. If I'm going to have to buy all my own shoes again in the, uh, the metaverse rather than have them in the real world, I'm going to be very upset. Well, look, status symbols you know, are status symbols. They don't have to be physical objects. The fact that you might buy a Rolex watch doesn't necessarily make it make that 10 grand watch any better than a one grand watch. Yeah. But it has some elements to it that that show that you're a person you know, who is associated with Rolex or has that sort of lifestyle. So equally in the digital world, the fact that you can afford a limited edition, you know, Master Chief uh, uh, outfit, skin, um, says something about you and represents you. And, yeah. uh, and so ultimately for me, the, the metaverse takes fashion to almost its logical conclusion. It's suddenly not your body that you're dressing. It's, it's your body you're creating. Mm. Uh, and the, the way that you do that, the, the symbols and the, uh, the signs that you use in order to, uh, to present yourself um, are, are the ultimate in, in those sort of status symbols. Yeah. I guess the, in the gaming world, there's always the, the argument between whether it's earned or whether it's bought. Yes. You know, and actually, you know, there are certain things, certain skins you can earn in Fortnite that you can not buy because yes. essentially they're, they're badges of honor, you know, those things in terms of what you, what you can do. You can tell a lot of, spend a lot of time playing Fortnite with Josh. Um, but how that works in the real world, I mean, obviously, badges, you know, everything is bought. So actually well, it's a- well, okay. But what if we say that um, because it's a metaverse, because there are, I don't know, I don't know, NFTs connected to it, which means the fact that you got a degree from a particular university means that you're actually allowed to wear a, a jersey that from that university. And suddenly you've got the Harvard graduates, you know, showing that they're from mm-hmm. Harvard. Um because it's connected into this uh, this rule set and metaverse of of um, validated uh, items, I guess that would be amazing, wouldn't it? I mean, the level of identity verification and and uh, you know the 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 things that go with that. You know, every every previous form factor, I guess, of 
uh, you know, a digital world has been rife with piracy and and sort of, uh, you know, uh, offcut of uh, various different things, hasn't there? There's always somebody who tries to find a way of replicating it and selling it. Um, it would be interesting to see what mechanism is put in place to, to stop that in this. And I know a lot of people have talked about whether, you know, crypt- this is cryptocurrency's moment. You know, the metaverse, a uh, non-real environment actually is is cryptocurrency the the currency that will really you know fill the the virtual banks with uh, you know virtual money well i guess i guess it's those two roads again uh, the closed source uh, commercial world of meta uh, where actually the the facebook currency rules and you have points like in ready player one that a, that a, a central meta bank sorts out or there's the open source or the um, you know the distributed metaverse which it which again comes with some different problems but also some really interesting opportunities for a distributed currency and distributed assets and uh, you know governance based around that um, I think at, at the moment it's more likely we're going to go the closed route but there are options that we have a more open metaverse hmm. Yeah, it's, it is going to, again, these platforms, the rules around them, the process around them, how it's governed, it is going to be just amazing to see what happens. It can feel a little bit like the Wild West, I guess, at this stage where anybody can do anything and, you know, release things into it. But it really is going to be fascinating to see. One thing I can tell you for sure is, like, I'm used to having a beer while we're doing these podcasts. <laughs> really difficult to do while you've got one of these headsets on. So, uh, but, um, all right. Well, what, I mean, what about other industries? Because, I mean, I, I guess you know, the media side of things is usually one of the places to uh, to, to really take advantage of, uh, of this. I mean, I, I think there's a kind of a saying that pornography basically <laughs> is the, you know, democratizer of every technology that goes before it. So I'm sure there's a whole dark world of the metaverse that we are, uh, are probably not going to be covering in, the, in this podcast just now. But I mean, what do you think in terms of, you know, experiencing concerts or, you know, mm-hmm. different things from a broadcasting perspective? Obviously, uh, you know, we touched a little bit on like courtside seats for the NBA and stuff. That is a that is an amazing experience, which typically you wouldn't really get in the normal world. I'm definitely not shelling out, you know, six grand for courtside tickets for the Knicks. But um, what do you think? Do you think media companies will be the first people to to really adopt this and, and take it on? Yeah, I, whenever new technologies come along, it takes a while before you really find like where they fit, where the, the real value comes. And so... VR is is experiential. Like you can't really feel more like you're there um, without a, a sort of pair of goggles where you literally move your head around and and the world is there outside you. Now, if that's the real world and and you t- can take a three sixty degree camera and synchronize what you're showing my eyes based on where I move my head, I feel like I'm there. Mm. So where do you want to feel like you are? That that seems like a you know a clear winner. Um, at the moment, we don't we don't have that have much of that, and so uh, games are the thing. Where do you want to feel? You want to feel like you're playing gorilla tag, or you're, you know, running a race, or you're driving a car, or whatever the uh, the immersive games that we have on a big screen with our consoles become much more immersive when you have you know a, a state of the art VR headset. So I think gaming, I think entertainment, I think ex- thing experiences. You know, do you want to feel like you're under the sea, on the moon, um, uh, you know, on the halfway line of a uh, of a football match? Like, it, it, it's it's. Uh, I think the the real value for me at the moment is in is in that being there. Mm. Yeah, the the immersive nature of it, it. You, I mean, there is something to that 
that Morpheus quote that we sort of talked about at the top of this, unless you really, I mean, I am now talking directly to you. I'm looking in your eyes. I'm engaging with, uh, you know, and you can see body language in a, in a way that you do in the real world that it is, is working. You know, that does work. So you, you very quickly forget that, uh, you know, you're, you're in that virtual world and it, things are not quite the same, but, but you do start to engage with it. So I think those really immersive experiences will, will work. I mean, I, I remember um, uh, using uh, the Quest 1 um, in a you know dark London flat to <laughs> sit on the beach in uh-huh. uh, like Mauritius or wherever uh-huh. uh, for twenty minutes and actually that that feeling that immersive experience the you know, you know it may it really did make you feel like you were there um, I mean we've seen the sort of I guess the dark side of that in terms of Ready Player One and everything that goes with it do you this is a because it is so highly immersive it must be it must be highly addictive don't you think in terms of the 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 feeling of that the change that it does from a chemical perspective you know absolutely if it's a virtual controlled world where you can look however you want be whoever you want do whatever you want in some respects so is this going to be more attractive like uh, than than the real world that you came from and go to then sure will there be people who are connected to these things 18 hours a day there really will be because uh, it will be uh, playing all of those uh, neurological circuits, giving you the, those endorphins and dopamine and oxytocin and everything. So, of course, it's going to draw you back in. Uh, and that is the danger. You know, actually doing stuff out there in the real world becomes um, just becomes less attractive for everyone. Yeah. And, and how do you reckon, I mean, obviously for us, I mean, this is a, a little bit of an experiment when it comes to the podcast, but, but obviously with After Dark events and different things, I mean, how much do you think you can make this part of our our daily routine. I mean, can you see the 11FS board meeting? We're going to start doing this around a virtual <laughs> board. You, like, because with a, you know, with a distributed business in that way, and with, you know, even from a client perspective, with, you know, global clients working all over the place in different geos, as all being able to, re, you know, albeit even virtually get around sure. a table, do you see that taking on in that sense? Well, I guess you've got to compare it with the alternatives. So if we're going to have a uh, virtual meeting, we, we do it on Zoom or Teams or, or Hangouts. Um, and at, f- at, for me at the moment, I get more uh, information about what that person's trying to convey from actually seeing their real face. It's higher definition. There are just you know, certain uh, facial expressions that you can see. At the moment, we've got these you know, fairly low definition avatars. It tr- maybe tracks our mouth a little bit, but it doesn't give me a lot. So, so now... Um, it's it's novel, it's interesting, it's it's kind of cool. But actually, if we're talking about you know real communication, then I think a a two D uh, video call is better. However, like where is this going to go? Because it's going to get to the point where it will track the most minute changes in in face and and how you're moving and what you're doing. And at that point, then the three D immersive nature becomes a lot better. So it's that classic curve. It's like it's worse than the alternatives for the moment, but it has the opportunity to be way better than uh, than the alternatives in the future. So we're in this space where it's about games, it's about you know uh, running about and and being a gorilla and and doing whatever you want to do. Um, but it but it's going it will find its way, and all of a sudden we're going to find we're going to be living in a different world. Yeah. 
All right, so give it six months there. Uh, Joe, <laughs> the 11FS CFO, if you're, like, if you're listening to this, give it about six months. If you hear that request come through for about 15 of these for the 11FS <laughs> office, don't be surprised, I guess, at that stage. Um, we're going to have to wrap it up, though, Jason, as, as immersive and fun as this experience is, and it is going to wrap up the uh, discussion for today. Um, we'll be putting out behind-the-scenes video shortly so you guys can see how we made this episode, which I reckon is going to involve me being quite silly uh, quite a lot, <laughs> and uh, what it actually took to try and get used to the headset ourselves make sure you check it out over on the youtube channel just search for 11fs as always jason thank you very much for joining us it's been quite an interesting experiment isn't it uh where can people find you somewhere in the metaverse or are we going to stick to linkedin linkedin is probably the the space for now all right yeah i think the same for me you can find me over on linkedin thank you very much for listening everybody as always if you want to join the conversation you can find us on social media just search for 11fs or fintech insider or if you want to email us on podcasts at 11fs.com Thank you very much, everybody. Goodbye.